every single mistake I made I know I'll always have support from you It doesn't matter how long it's been You've always got my back without you To hold me up, I fear I might just snap When I'm making silly choices Too much fun with stupid boys You love me still, you love me still When I'm wrong Welcome to Who Killed the Sisterhood. I'm Anna Maria. And I'm Bev. We're here to talk everything friendship. And this is our space to share our experiences, offer words of wisdom, tell some bad jokes, and just spend some quality time together. We're discussing these things from completely different places in our lives. So who knows where this will go? But we love chatting. So let's get started. So random thought that I was having yesterday whilst in the shower which you might like to know (laughs) Um, which I think is where all my best thoughts come from I was thinking about this concept of dipping in and out of friendships and how it affects the quality of your friendships and you tend to have a smaller group for that reason because it's hard to maintain constant communication support and all of those things so that affects the number of friendships that you have and so I would regard our friendship as high quality friendship (laughs) but I do think that we dip in and out which is really interesting so then I started thinking so why is it okay for us to dip in and out and it not affect how we see each other in terms of on a friendship level quality level and I wonder if it's to do with this idea of the foundation that we've built is strong and robust enough that dipping in and out is possible without affecting quality. Mm. What do you think? That's really interesting in, in this concept of foundation being essential to the ability perhaps to maintain a contemporary friendship. Yeah. Whereas probably many years, many years ago, not that many years ago, you would just have had to maintain those friendships through more physical means like being there or writing a letter. So the foundation perhaps is different now. And I wonder if that makes it harder in some ways, because that foundation may need to be stronger than it was in previous friendships. And as you said it, my thought went to, it's about the core of the person and the core of the friendship. So if you share some really core beliefs or truths or principles, those are the things that lock together to build that foundation. So what is it you would say were the cause of our friendship? It's exactly what you said. It's the shared principles, outlook on life, those kind of things that I see as core to myself. So for us, I would say it's that we are very driven women and an outlet of that or or a subsection of that is our own businesses and business ventures, I would say, make up part of that drive. I think there's maybe in different ways, but there's an element of like social cause of like, there are things that you're very passionate about that aren't really to do with you you exactly there to do with maybe saving the planet or animals and humanity and I think I share the same view on that so it's like a a cause that in some ways is different but overall the umbrella I'd say is the same so that the other one that we both feel the need to support other women in different ways but just as I feel like you take maybe people that are slightly younger under your wing 
I feel like I'm now of an age where I'm doing that too and I like it and then the other one that I'd probably say that that we spoke about right at the beginning was that we both in the, the kind of core way see each other as equal and are compassionate towards each other because I don't think you could be compassion as compassionate if you didn't see each other as equal I think it would then turn into sympathy or being patronizing or those things so I think that kind of meet each other where we are where each other is they're the core things I'd say I'm so glad you said driven women first because that was absolutely what was in my head (laughs) I think that's number one that I think that's actually number one and that even makes sense as to how we even like our first conversation that wasn't as I say wasn't around family but like was a direct conversation when we were genuinely interested in truly what the other person was saying and that's how that started because it was career it was understanding each other's passions and ways of doing things so I'd say that's number one for us Mm. it is a strong foundation because when you are driven in your business if somebody else can dovetail into that to either support you or listen to you or just put up with you ranting about your mess you know your greatest idea that you've just had and does it with interest and with kindness then you want to spend time with that person because and support yeah and support yeah absolutely and support because there's something about again it's about being heard isn't it uh, as friends actually listening and being heard on the same level it doesn't matter where you are in your business or where i am in mine we're listening to each other as equals in a, a business sense and that was one of the other things you said about you know being equal in the the friendship and compassionate but it's an interesting concept that if you have a really strong core belief and you meet somebody else who has that strong core belief it's almost like they're your tribe they're your people and you naturally gravitate towards those people and I genuinely think that's true to me there are two sort of main planks of our relationship and that is that we are driven businesswomen and we believe in core good things we have a passion for supporting others for doing the right thing and that's a very intrinsic need that is part of us as individuals but also part of our business as well and those are sort of to me really the two planks of the relationship but the third one i think is that I just enjoy your company. It's, you know, we, we, we do laugh about things. We talk about nonsense. We, we do. We dip in and out of serious and funny and we will move across um, something important about the business through to, did you see something on TV through to, I've had this idea and they will all just roll from one to another. And we, we don't do silence because there's not enough time to do silence. (laughs) (laughs) and it is just this we just feel stuff we feel stuff and if we are able to dip in and out it's because we don't need a run into a conversation because we'll just start right in the middle (laughs) yeah no I agree but I also think the other reason it's probably easier for us to dip in and out is because because you have that same drive and you've got your businesses and you've got a wealth of experience and, and different things that has gone on so your life has been different because of many different things I feel like 
you understand if I'm super busy and I understand if you're super busy if we arrange to meet and then we don't and it's okay or the times that we haven't yeah we have sent a message here and there and checked in here and there but when I haven't I've never thought I haven't heard from Bev in a while like that's never honestly never crossed my mind because I feel like there's this mutual appreciation for well you're doing your thing I'm doing my thing and it's the same every time we we do meet and get together and if we can that's amazing if there's a slightly less frequency to it or if we don't do it quite as much it doesn't make me question our friendship or you or how much you care or, or don't care and vice versa that's never been something in my mind because I think because of sharing that it's like we both get it we both understand and almost if you were to say you know, I, oh, I can't meet today because I've got this really major deal with one of the many businesses and clients that you deal with. I would actually be like, absolutely go for it. Don't meet me. I would never be sat here thinking, well, like, can't you just see me after? Or you're so busy. You know, I would never do that. Oh, you're so busy. You need to take time for yourself when you've got like a major thing going on. I'd be like, go for it. If there's anything I could do, shout. Otherwise I'm here when you need me. Mm. That's something that I really appreciate. And that I think, is one of the most important things for me in a friendship is the acknowledgement of what's important to the other person. So if the most important thing in your life is dancing, then you acknowledge that person will always put that first and you should be pleased for them when that happens. If the most important thing in their life is I don't know, their family, their children, whatever, then you acknowledge that and that's what comes first. If that is not the most important thing in your life, it's okay if you're able to still have enough foundation to still keep that relationship working. And I think when relationships and in this sense of being long-term friends who dip in and out, when they break down, it's almost that point where you suddenly put your own interests first where you stop being pleased for the other person that you know good stuff's happening to them that their life is full of things and the moment you go well hang on a minute what about me is when that friendship is not so strong yeah and i know that because i have had friendships where i've thought actually no i need to be put first now because i've allowed you lots of time to put yourself first and whatever. And the moment I start to feel that, I know I'm not being a good friend because I can no longer feel that compassion for the person who needs to put things first. But I also know that I've been pushed too far in the friendship because it takes a lot to upset me in a friendship. It really does. And I will give and give and give. And then there's a point, and I can't even tell you what it is, but there's a point where I go, enough. And if the friend is not giving back at that point, I know that my, I don't know, capacity to be a good human being, whatever it is, <laughs> is running out at that point. And that's where the foundation's then tested. Yeah, I think all of those points are key. When you say these things, and this is probably where the intergenerational aspect comes from, it's just like light bulbs pinging off in my head of like, oh, that makes sense and this makes sense. But I think what you're describing is that it's, the two-way street of what's important to you I'm excited for you about or for and vice versa and it's like this kind of ping pong that we do and I think we do it really well and I'm when you tell me things about your projects I'm genuinely excited and even 
I think we're so good at it that we tend to do that same ping pong in the same conversation. So it doesn't have to be like, okay, three months about Bev, three months about Anna Maria. I don't think it's like that. I think it's nice that that we do it so easily. We switch between them. And in fact, we don't switch between them. It's like they run concurrently together at the same time. And I think what you're describing is where you're kind of hitting the ball across, you're hitting the ball across, you're hitting the ball across. You keep hitting the ball across for a sustained period of time. At some point, you're just like, okay well what about the things that are important to me like if you if we're friends on the way in the same level how comes you haven't asked me about that or or you've asked me but I know you're not you're not interested because that's also really obvious when people do that they ask they know it's important but they don't get it they haven't taken the time to understand or and, and that's fine but I think that that's quite a key aspect or you know where this isn't quite the same but you know <laughs> there's some people that just be like hey hope you're good hope things are going well I hope your family's doing good I hope um so and so is better and I'm thinking do you want to ask <laughs> is it like, like a checklist <laughs> yeah and and you say it like you're saying it frequently but I don't I'm not getting the sense that you want to hear the answer because surely you would ask me a question so yeah is that is that similar theme I think of where you're you're hitting over you're hitting over and then they never hit it back they never ask the question back or they don't show the same interest the same importance that you have and and there probably are periods of time where just because what you've got going on and what they've got going on means that maybe the focus is on one person for a bit for a period of time but when it's over a sustained long period of time months and months that's pretty tiring because they could just have that conversation with a wall you could have a conversation with a wall talk to a mirror record yourself it's back to draining relationships where you feel it's one way and you're not contributing and they're taking yeah it is i also think so what you described about the the core of the friendship but also how that syncs with the core of the person is really poignant for me because the people that i would say are the easy friendships or the more natural friendships are the people that have that we we share those things very clearly with and you're just drawn to them and it's just like invigorating energy and and I think the friendships that you have to sometimes put more work in is where those core or or maybe not all of the core things are different because I'm not sure if that would be possible but where there are some core differences does that then come back to what you were saying in regards to is it the person or the thing and maybe it's the you can't, you know, finding it difficult to separate them. Mm. As you said that, I was running the scenarios of the different friends that I have and one very good friend who I've told you about, who I have quite different core beliefs to in a lot of senses. But our main belief in, in being driven in sense of work, but also doing the best you can in every situation and never deliberately harming anyone there are fundamental principles and we share those and we talk about those a lot yet on anything political we completely disagree (laughs) on a lot of things to do with creativity frankly life we disagree (laughs) but our core principles are so aligned that we can get past those differences by talking about them and by having respect for each other's views, even when we row quite <laughs> loudly at times, we still get past that because fundamentally we believe the same things and we, we fundamentally like each other mm. and have a great respect for each other's lives, different points of view, cultural differences, all of that. We accept that so that's okay. Yeah. So I think 
what's really interesting about that because it, it comes into this concept of are your core values so much attached to you that you can't differentiate I have this view that actually the real essence of you as a person is much deeper than those core values that we've assigned on top and so when you struggle to comprehend someone who really challenges those core beliefs that you have you kind of come back to this essence that everyone has regardless of those beliefs and so if you have nothing else in common with another person you have you can say that the essence of a person you do share that so it helps to when you're struggling to understand why someone's done something or you're feeling that something bad that someone's done equals they are a bad person that's how it gives me the, a bit of distance and space and perspective but I think when it comes to friendship I don't think you can do that as easily because this view of what I'm doing here is to help me kind of see you as a human and try not to judge you and and respect you as you should respect everyone but friendship so much more than that it's exactly what you've described in the in the liking of someone in the the appreciation and friendship is, is like another word for share I think and so if there's too many core challenges I think that's where it becomes very difficult to maintain so that phrase core challenges maybe that's what this is about is in friendships you need comfort Mm. and if somebody is constantly challenging the core of who you are and your beliefs that actually is destructive (laughs) it's not very comforting no no so you need comfort from your friends you need to be reassured you need to be reinforced you need them to just forgive you when you do something stupid All of those things, which I do frequently, all of those things are what you want from your friends. And you want them to be there giving you a round of applause when you've done something really bad. So, you know, as a writer, the amount of times I say to my friends, can you read my poetry or can you come and see my play? And they do loyally do that. They tell me how brilliant I am, whether I'm great or crap. They still tell me how great I am. And that's actually what you need from your friends. From other friends, you need, and there are some friends that you really trust, you need criticism. Mm. And that sort of friend is really hard to come by because they're not just the cheerleaders. They're the ones who do the cheerleading and go, just want to tell you something. You know, when you did this, actually, it didn't work. Mm. What you could have done was, and you and I do that all the time. And that's the thing is, that a friend can point out when something's perhaps not right, could be better, could be done differently, and you don't take offense at it mm. because you trust that person's judgment. You trust them to be saying it with good heart. We did talk a bit about trust in the past. And to me, I think it's fundamental mm. in that foundation. You just kind of answered what I was going to ask you because I was going to challenge you with, so where does honesty fit in with wanting comfort and reinforcement and things like that? Who's going to be the person that tells you sometimes the slightly difficult truths that you might need to hear because they can see how it would benefit you or they know you well. It's not that even they can see how it would benefit you, but they know you so well that that they know you would feel it would benefit you, Mm. if you see what I mean. I think this links really nicely to something we've spoken about before in knowing when to call people out and knowing when to drop things and doing that check-in as to like I don't really mind what you choose to do with this I'm just this is what I'm seeing because I know you and I want to flag it to you or my initial thought is this and as your friend I want to let you know or I want I want to see what you think about it and then depending on their answer I mean it's not even depending on their answer you just trust their answer so if they decide that's still the way that they want to go you've raised it 
but you still support them you don't run away if they've said something that's harder for you to hear and you haven't shied away from raising it so it's the same as like calling someone out you haven't shied away from calling someone out because obviously they're doing it they think it's the right thing and I think it's that balance of calling them out not because you think that this is what they should be doing but because you think that that's what they think that they should be doing because you know that they think this thing is important and then the aspect of trust of trusting that once they've responded to you they've responded to you and taking that answer not you know keep hammering away day and day and telling them the same thing if they they're saying to you i've considered this this is what i want to do or do you see what i mean so i was thinking (laughs) of how this has happened to me in another friendship very recently where the friend i called him out because he kept saying to me you're getting on your soapbox about this and i'm i don't have a soapbox i have an opinion I get very annoyed at people saying I'm opinionated because <laughs> that is leveled at women. Oh, you're so opinionated. No, I have opinions. And I will state that very clearly. I have opinions. And my opinions are equally valid to anyone else's opinions. But he kept coming back. He kept circling back to this issue, even though he was the one who said, oh, you're always on your soapbox about this. You're always going on about it. So I just stopped talking about it. He kept looping back and saying, well, I've just seen this and I've just seen this. And it got very uncomfortable because every conversation would loop back to this matter. So I called him out and just kept saying, you're the one who's raised this. You appear to be obsessed with this. And I probably did that half a dozen times before he eventually said, you know what, you're right. I don't know why I'm so fixated on this, but I am. And I had to risk the argument Because if we hadn't got past it, it would have damaged our friendship and the honesty in our friendship. And when you said about trust, I was only able to do it because I trusted the fact that we've been friends for nearly 40 years, fallen out before and got past it. Mm. So I'd got a platform, that back to foundation. I'd got a foundation for the trust. And I wonder if a lot of relationships and friendships over time do not have the um the testing the, the the pushing of the boundaries the checking out that they actually were so they stay at that superficial level that you were talking about earlier and don't get to that really deep level of trust mm. where you can risk calling somebody out yeah so i think there's always going to be a risk of calling someone out and i think that comes back to you would only really risk your friendship if you really thought it was of benefit to them because if anything it's at risk to you to lose the friendship so in some senses it's somewhat of a selfless act to do it but I also wonder if part of building the strength in that foundation is from the times that you fall out and then have made up because that's what's given you part of the reassurance to know like if you don't talk for a couple of days it's going to be okay because you'll talk again and the friendships where you haven't had that how would you know I don't want to say it's superficial because it's not I'm sure there are some people that you just have very peaceful friendships with, but until you know how to resolve something, it's a different type of friendship, I think. And I think you can exchange that for like dipping in and out as well. So, you know, until you've gone away and maybe not spoken to someone all the time and then come back and spoken to someone, it's only then that you know what the dynamic is when you meet again. And if if you know time after time, they still care, they still show that genuine care and you still really enjoy your time with them, then you know that if that happens, it's probably going to be okay. Just like if you fall out and then you've made up, that if 
it does happen another time one day in the future hopefully you will be able to resolve it because you know you've had the skills to do it before if you've never had those so it's the people that you're always in contact with and you don't argue or or to prevent arguments no people aren't speaking their truths or, or their mind I think there's a level of foundation that's missing how do you feel about the word sorry in a friendship um I mean I've definitely said that many times many many times I've said it when I feel as though something I've said regardless of the intention has not the intention hasn't come through so it's mm. it's offended someone or I've said it when someone has called me out on something that I didn't think I did and I was embarrassed that I did when they let me know about it and so the sorry was like almost an overarching sorry I think sorry can be a good thing but it depends how you use it when it's used who wants a friendship where you're always having to say sorry no one who wants a friendship where people can't don't feel that they can hold their hands up and say do you know what that was my bad this time and then you also have the sorries are sorry but I did think blah 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 (laughs) but the great ones I accept your apology I'm sorry too but I hope you can see why I And then at that point, it's like, "Mm, you know, someone says sorry is like a complete or or kind of a complete sentence. You don't need the but, the explanation that anything after. So I think it really depends how how people are using that word. Mm. I'm learning a lot more about the word sorry as I get older, that's for sure, because a lot of people don't mean it. Mm. It's easy for some people to say sorry. I find it actually quite hard to say sorry because I try so hard not to upset people and if I have upset somebody I actually often struggle to understand how I've done that Mm. because the way I try to behave with people is to never get to that situation so usually it's a misunderstanding of some sort and if that is the case I will immediately say sorry when I realize it's a misunderstanding and I will say I'm so sorry I think we've had a misunderstanding what I meant was and I'll explain it so that both my, both me and the other person understand that wasn't my intent so that it's really clear that I didn't want to upset that person. I also think not enough people say sorry when they're wrong in a friendship and too many people say sorry over small things. Mm. So we, we've got a bit hung up. And again, this may well be a gender issue. You know, women do tend to say sorry in friendships and relationships much more than men do. So, you know, that is a bit of a social conditioning thing going on. And often, if you look at the language, particularly in emails and texts or whatever, women will often start with sorry. They'll say, sorry, I meant to phone you. Sorry. So it's a throwaway word. Mm. And... I think we have to be careful how we use it so that it doesn't lose its meaning. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we also, it, it can undermine that foundation and it can undermine the strength of a relationship if you're constantly apologizing instead of just getting it right. Mm. So if you're always late, sorry, I'm late. Oh, sorry. Okay. Just turn up on time. You know, if it's if you're constantly apologizing, just deal with it. And in a friendship, oh, sorry, I forgot your birthday. Oh, sorry, I forgot it was your party. Oh, sorry. No, stop saying sorry. Do it. Yes, the actions speak louder than words when words are being used too much and the actions don't match up. I also, I feel like there's two ways of saying, so we discussed a few ways of saying sorry, but I think almost there's two. There's sorry when you've, it's come to light 
to you personally that you feel like oh I've overstepped them or something that I've said is not being received the way I intended it to and it's like the self-realization that that's not that's actually not what you wanted there's that sorry and then there's the sorry that I feel is either initiated because you feel the other person expects it or vice versa and I feel like when you you're saying it because you think the other person expects it it doesn't hold it doesn't hold the same meaning I think that's where it starts to get a little bit empty and where we then start throwing around this word sorry because so-and-so feels that you've done something wrong you don't see you can't possibly see their point of view but you're saying sorry just to move past it because you know that that's what they expect to hear I think that they're the two different instances and even when I reflect on, as you're saying it, when we use it too much, sometimes when I've said sorry for things that are maybe smaller, I've said it because I feel like it's an expectation instead of, you know, really and truly, I think that there was a miscommunication, there was a misunderstanding, there was something that really challenges what I was trying to do and hasn't come across the way that I wanted it to. So do you think when we're talking about foundations, that if you've got a great foundation in a friendship, you're less likely to say sorry because you don't need to? I'd like to think so, yeah, because this is what I was thinking as you you were speaking is that I don't think you can ever truly expect someone to fully understand you or know your perspective or even when you communicate, you're saying one thing based on this person and how they've been brought up, how they hear things, their experiences, the type of day that they've had, they're going to receive it in a different way. So I don't think you can ever fully assume that someone should always understand everything that you're saying. However, I do think that when you're good enough friends, you should be clear on their intention. And if you know, for example, we've spoken about this phrase of being a good person. If, for example, I know everything that you've done in all of our years of friendship has always shown me good intention and I truly believe you to be a good person and have good intention, even if the execution on one occasion isn't quite right or there's been something that's missed or some that foundational understanding of you means that I mean you're human it's life you know and and so do I need to hold you up against a wall and force you to say sorry to me I don't think so because you kind of just give someone the benefit of the doubt in that you you know who they are as a person and I think that's one of the most important things to me is my greatest friends know when I've made a mistake that was unintentional and I don't need to say sorry because they just get it yeah and we usually cover conversation and go oh do you know what you and I was like oh did I really I'm so sorry and it doesn't have to be a confrontation it doesn't it's a conversation yeah and I think those are my greatest friendships even when I mess up it's the sorry isn't forced out of me it's it just becomes a realization yeah and that that falls into that first category and that doesn't mean that people can't call you out because they know oh okay Bev's got good intentions so even though she did this crazy thing I know that she meant well so that's fine you can still call someone out but like you're saying it doesn't mean that you then they then have to turn around and be like I'm so sorry for this if they feel like they get that realization and they they do that I think okay fine but yeah I don't think one's exclusive to the other or it, it or there's a particular pattern Mm, and I'm thinking as well it links to things we've talked about around quality and expectations in friendships and that if you've got this great foundation that's based on core principles values 
whatever we think they are of ourselves, that absolute steel core that runs through us of who we are, and those things match with somebody else, that's a great foundation. And then it allows you to have a deeper quality relationship because you can make mistakes, you can learn to trust each other, you can challenge each other, call each other out, and everything in that makes the friendship grow. And the more you do that, the more dialogue you have, the more difficulties in some ways you have together, the more you learn about each other, it just allows that friendship to expand Mm. and become almost self-sustaining. So that if it takes a bump or a knock, be that a disagreement, be that time apart from each other it doesn't matter because mm. fundamentally there's enough good quality stuff in it to get you through those bumpier patches and i think that kind of it comes full circle to where you started with that thinking about what is it that allows us to dip in and out and it's that we've allowed the friendship to kind of expand to fill the spaces of understanding each other and sharing things from a, a place where you know we started off as as knowing each other through the family and then talking about personal stuff and now we gel on a very different level because it's the business stuff that motivates us so the friendship has expanded into the space we've allowed for it and we've gone with that so maybe that's what it is about foundations you you build and expand and as long as you've got those core planks in place enough of them then if you don't see each other for 6 months 2 years 10 years it doesn't matter because they're still there that part of you doesn't change usually but do you think do you think foundations require an element of time or because i'm thinking about some of the friendships that i have that some of my uni friendships even where i suppose the foundation was built or somewhat of a foundation was built at university now there's some people that I haven't spoken to for years. Occasionally they pop up or I think of them and I send them a message vice versa or we happen to bump into each other in some crazy way. But I have never once questioned why we, we haven't spoken for that amount of time. Never once felt that, oh, well, I don't want to tell them about this personal. There's been no none of that, but it was such a short period of time. So then I wonder if it's because obviously at university so much happens and changes that it's like a fast track way to build a friendship almost <laughs> and those are your formative years so your friendships and relationships are much more intense in those younger years pretty sure there's some good biology behind this but i cannot remember what it is but there is something about the way the plasticity in the brain and they're linked to hormones and um, emotions and all of that is going on so i think there's something to do with that because those friendships often are the most enduring or the mm. most memorable however you also had a shared interest. So you're, you're immediately in a group that is driven in some way because you've gone to university. Mm. You're in an intellectual set that is going to match your own because of the courses you're on and all of those sort of things. So some of the, perhaps the groundwork of the friendship's already been done for you. It's almost yeah. like a selection process. And the people you then gravitate towards in your group will be the ones that you have more of a personal affinity with so it's almost like it's whittled down like it's the dating club isn't it it's, it's matched you by age by whatever 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 um so some of the hard work's been done and the ones then that you remain friends with are the ones that you would have probably become friends with anyway but i suppose the interesting part of that is if i think about my close friends which i'm regarding as the ones that i'm speaking to 
more frequently or you know we do more things together things like that versus the ones that we speak kind of once in a blue moon every every few years I still feel that connection with them I still feel that respect for them I still feel that trust with them which is kind of odd when you haven't been speaking to someone for for a long period of time I would challenge you on that because I wonder if you do have the same level of trust okay so there are people that I don't see for months and years or whatever and that level of trust is there but those will be my two oldest friends Mm. who I have known and in fact three oldest friends they have never let me down whatever I've said or done there are people who I see frequently who are good friends but I still wouldn't tell them the same things I would tell my oldest friends because it's almost like it's time served Mm. because you've had those ups and downs and you've proven that you are there for each other and so you will tell them anything even embarrassing stuff awkward stuff things you've you don't actually want to say out loud you'll test it out on them and I think you often feel that you're saying that sort of thing to people but you're really not Mm. so it would be worth thinking about I guess if there were a terrible secret you had to tell somebody I was just about to say think about your (laughs) deepest darkest secrets and think like would you really tell these people now I have to think of my deepest darkest secrets And if you haven't got any, darn it, we need to find you some because <laughs> I've got plenty. I think that's a really interesting question. You know, pick the one thing that you would never want to say out loud and you had to tell one person in the world, who would it be? Yeah, I need to think about what the one thing is. That's <laughs> really interesting because I can't think of anything, but I'm sure there is many things. Yeah, that'll be like my little homework piece then. Okay, so that's um, your homework. <laughs> yeah, because I, I always feel like foundation does require an element of time because it's almost like, you know, we've spoken about the different seasons of friendship and typically you see seasons where you see like an intense friendship that has the foundation missing just because you haven't had the time to have as much mm. of a shared experience. But it's like almost, is there a science to it? Is it once you hit that two-year mark, that foundation <laughs> has been built? Or, you know, that's what I'm, I'm finding kind of interesting about thinking about the different friendships that I have and or perhaps it's that those people haven't I've never seen them let me down so I automatically assume that that's the case moving forward but they there hasn't been an opportunity for it if you don't speak to someone for so long they've got less chance to let you down in some sense so maybe that's something we should talk about again Mm. is people who let you down in a friendship and how you know when they've let you down and when they've served their time to become a good friend <laughs> and got their badges. Yeah, should start doing some sort of reward system. <laughs> Gold star for you, my friend. And you, my friend. Not for you. <laughs> for every single mistake I made, I know I'll always have support from you. You've been listening to Who Killed the Sisterhood with Bev and Anna Maria. Thanks to Quivering Lip for the awesome music. You can find them on Spotify. And thank you to Sarah Rag for editing and biscuits. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and all major platforms. Please be our friends and subscribe, rate and review. All our best friends give us five stars and you're all our best friends. And there's always cake for best friends. Oh.